You're listening to episode 64 of the Tennis Files podcast. Interviews from the 2018 City Open with the Pros. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Uh, it's great to be back uh, once again talking with you all. And today I have a special episode that I have done uh, for the past couple years where I round up audio clips from uh, the City Open. Uh, and to give you a little bit of background, for the past couple of years, I've been uh, privileged enough to get media credentials for the 2018 uh, for the City Open, which is in my uh, hometown area of Washington D.C. And so I get to interview a bunch of the players, and I get to attend the press conferences. And uh, it was a really fantastic tournament this year. We had Alexander Zverev, we had Kay Nishikori, David Goffin, John Isner and a bunch of other really fantastic uh, professional players attend this event, uh, on the men's side at least, um, which is where I was able to get most of my interviews from. And um, so I, I figured, you know, because there's a lot of uh, gold nuggets, as they say, in these interviews, because um, I try to ask mostly questions centered around uh, finding tips to help you all improve your tennis game, which is obviously the the goal of uh, everything I do on Tennis Files. So this year, I decided to include several clips from my interviews and then talk about these clips so that we could extract uh, the most important tips and uh, pieces of advice from these professional players. And so I have interviews, as I flip my page of notes, uh, from the following players. Uh, From Donald Young... As many of you are familiar, is a, a great lefty uh, professional player on the on the ATP tour. Um, he's had some really uh, big matches with top names on the on the tour. Uh, we have Tyson Kwiatkowski, uh, who actually won the NCAA Singles Men's Championship, I believe, this past year, and uh, now he's on the tour. And it was great to see him at the, at the City Open because he played for UVA, which is uh, obviously around the Mid-Atlantic area. We have an interview with Marcos Bagdadis, who I'm sure most of you are familiar with, a very high-level player from Greece who's battled with the likes of Agassi and Sampras and and all the best players. And an interview with Hyun Chung, who is a very talented Korean player. And then David Goffin, who is actually ranked number 11 in the world right now. And I think that was my the uh, highest uh, ranked player that I was able to interview. And then a couple interviews with Stefano Tsitsipas, who ended up making the semifinals of the event. He actually defeated uh, David Goffin. He's ranked number 32 in the world, and he is 19 years old. And so for a bit more background on the media, um, the media credentials and whatnot, the way to get interviews is to simply put a request in with the ATP media staff. And then if there are several requests, then usually they combine the interviews and into a press conference. So they'll, they'll just hold a press conference or one big interview session where multiple people ask questions. However, if there are only a couple requests, then you're generally able to get in, in a one-on-one interview with players. And so that's what I was obviously striving for. I really enjoy the one-on-one aspect where I get to ask several questions to the player. And so, yeah, this is how things work. And so without further ado, I would like to present the first interview in this series of interviews, uh, a great one with Donald Young. Hey, everybody. We're here with uh, Donald Young. Uh, Donald 
Your match against Jason obviously went three sets. Did you make any adjustments uh, in the second set? Yeah, uh, for sure. The first set was tight. Uh, we got to five all. I played long game, had a lot of game points. I think he played pretty. He played well in the service game. Then he held, and then to the second, I tried to decide to fight, grind, and see what happened. And uh, I was able to come out with the set. Was there at any point? Because um, obviously, like you know, he threw in a couple of drop shots. Any point in the match where you kind of felt like maybe physically he was starting to struggle? Uh, not actually until the end of the third. Uh, actually, the last service game that I broke, I felt I was like, ah, he's not moving or hitting the same as he was. But until then, I was kind of focused on my side and, and just returning his ball and not really looking at him as much, which I probably should have paid a little more attention to him. I got you. And Donald, so what in the past year would you say, like, what aspect of your game have you improved or worked on the most? Uh, man, I'm just working on the mental. That's the main thing I'm working on all the time, the mental. So for me, it's playing against myself with myself it's just me i'm focused on me and then the rest just happens and we'll see how it goes gotcha now and obviously like pretty much everyone in the game loses every week so can you talk us through maybe like a tip that you kind of keep in your mind like every week to keep you grinding keep you going yeah it's tough uh you got to focus on improving you know it's one you want to get one of or at least two or three things you want to get points money or better every week so if you're not getting points, uh, you want to make some money. If you're not making money, you at least want to get better. So that's what I try to do. And, you know, if I get one or two of those out of the week, it's a, it's a great week and I improved. Uh, great stuff, Don. And last thing for all the amateurs out there, uh, can you give us one tip to help us improve our tennis games? Uh, man, stay coachable, I think, uh, if you have a coach. But just enjoy it. It's more fun when you enjoy tennis and you're looser and shots go in. When you're tense, you can't play, get the chicken wing arms, and it's not good. But you know, stay loose, enjoy it, and just focus on one thing to get better at a time. Cool. Uh, Donna, congratulations. Best of luck in, uh, in the uh, main draw, and uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Tom. So as I mentioned, we're going to get into some analysis uh, of each interview, uh, pretty much my notes and my takeaways from them. So the first one with Donald Young, uh, the first thing he mentioned of note is that he – after losing the first set, he was able to fight and grind into a, a, a comeback into the second set before his opponent actually eventually was had to withdraw, unfortunately. And actually, his opponent was Jason Jung, who was on the Tennis Files podcast on episode nine. So definitely, you know, if Jason won, I was very much looking forward to chatting with him. Uh, he's a great player, and uh, I think he's 123 in the world, and when he came on the podcast, I think he was about 245 or so. So he pretty much halved his ranking since coming onto the podcast. And we call that the Tennis Files magic. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I just made it up right now. So his, as I mentioned, Donald Young, uh, fight and grind. And so you actually don't see this too much in amateur players. You know, a lot of times, you know, the mind is very fragile with tennis players they lose the first set and they give up or they, their mind wanders and they try to think of other things. But if you truly want to be a winning player, you constantly have to find ways to uh, strategize and figure out how to defeat your opponents. Uh, sometimes it really comes down to who wants it more, um, who's going to really put in the time and the work. It's, it's never easy to win, trust me. But if you really want to enjoy the sport more and be more successful, you have to, in the words of Donald Young, fight and grind, whether that's in, on the match court or on the practice court. Uh, as we'll talk about from other pro players' comments, you need to really have that intensity on, on both fronts. And the next thing that Donald Young mentioned was to that he focused on his own game despite his op opponent's injury because uh, Jason, uh, he since got a, a bit injured and had trouble continuing for much longer. But uh, sometimes you see players who will, uh, once their opponent gets injured, they kind of change their own game or they uh, lose some focus or they think they're going to just cruise and, and, and the guy's just going to drop. And, and while, you know, this unfortunately happened with Jason, so I've seen people lose against their injured opponents. Maybe the opponent uh, had a cramp or something like that where they were able to come back later on. And so you have to keep really focusing on your own game uh, in addition to awareness about your opponent and uh, to not let your foot off the gas pedal, so to speak. Uh, one big thing that Donald Young uh, has been working on lately is his mental game. 
And that's obviously hugely important because that kind of correlates with the previous couple points about, you know, having the mentality to fight and grind and the mentality to focus on your own game. And so obviously, even if you have all the strokes and everything else, but your head isn't in the right place, then you're not going to be able to be successful. One really cool quote that uh, some people mentioned they really enjoyed from Donald Young was that basically he tries to either improve one to two of these uh, or all three ideally, but he's trying to get every week, he's trying to get either points, money, or get better every week. And so obviously for a lot of us, you know, maybe we'll get have two of these getting better or maybe some money. Uh, if you're playing prize uh, tournaments, or I guess you can get have all three really if you're um, racking up points for your rankings. But in any case, Donald always tries to improve at least one of these. And th- that was a great quote, I think. Points, money, or getting better every week. Another one, another great tip from Donald was that you need to stay coachable. Obviously, you know, adapt and, and be willing to, to actually try what your coaches say and, and be open-minded. Um, also to stay loose when you're playing and to enjoy and focus on improving one thing at a time. So those are all very important tips that I totally agree on from Donald, and I really appreciate him speaking with me. And this was after his win against Jason Jung uh, when he talked to me, I believe, on Sunday. All right, this next interview is with uh, former UVA superstar Tyson Kwiatkowski, um, who unfortunately he lost his match against James Duckworth, who played very well, but uh, Ty had some uh, very uh, useful uh, pieces of advice that he uh, spoke with about uh, to me, and here is his interview. Hi, we're here with Tyson Kwiatkowski. Uh, Ty, obviously a very tough match for you against a very informed James Duckworth. Um, can you talk about what you thought you did you know, well in the match and then maybe not as well as you, you'd like? Yeah, um, well, I think I had a slow start, and um, at this level, if you um, give an opponent of this caliber uh, some free points in the beginning, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very tough later on. Um, I served pretty well, but um, honestly, on the return, the guy served lights out, and uh, I had a lot of trouble reading his serve. Um, couldn't get into many return games and put some pressure on him, um, so that was very difficult, And uh, but um, yeah, that's kudos to him, just too good serving. And in the match, it seemed like he was able to take command of some, uh, you know, most of the points, like uh, uh, more uh, earlier than than you could. And you know, do you think there's anything in retrospect that you could have maybe done differently as well for that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I need to come out with a little bit more intensity right right from the get go, um, and then on the return, maybe give him a couple different looks, uh, try to find a way to get in the return game somehow because. Uh, yeah, he he was he was holding sometimes um, in less than a minute, so it's really tough. And you know, despite the you know the, this match, it obviously is amazing to get to your first uh, ATP main draw. And can you talk about the support that you received in in the area? Yeah, I mean, uh, all three matches I played here I had a great crowd, awesome atmosphere to play in, a lot of uh, go who's from the stands, and um, so that's awesome. Uh, to have that support i mean i the four years of college tennis is my best time in my life so to uh kind of make that happen again is uh, really special i appreciate that ty and one last question for all the amateurs out there could you just give us one key tip for them to help them uh, improve their tennis games yeah i mean uh, i think the biggest thing is to um maybe uh, in practice always try to have the same intensity that you have in a match um, you know, you don't have to, I, I'm not a big proponent of spending four to six hours on the court. I think it, if you spend two really high quality hours of good intensity, a lot of focus, you know, no chit chatter and things like that, then it's uh, better than maybe four hours of kind of dilly dallying on the court. Great. Thanks, Ty. All the best, uh, moving forward. Thanks. Thanks. And again, I really appreciate Ty speaking with me. It's always tough to, chat after a loss but uh, he was game enough to do that and so some big points that Ty mentioned are number one if you have a slow start especially when you're playing high level players that just makes it even more difficult and so even though he mentioned this near the end in the middle actually I guess according to my notes it's really helpful to to try and have a high intensity from the get-go 
Um, that's something that Ty wished he he had done in that match. And he also had a lot of trouble reading his opponent's serve, uh, that being Duckworth's serve. And obviously that means that if you have a big serve, um, let's say, you, you know, maybe you, you toss in the same position each time and you can hit different spots, you make yourself hard to read on the return, you're going to have a lot of great success. And that's something that James Duckworth was able to do against Ty, and that really uh, made it tough for Ty to, to break um, James. He also interestingly mentioned that the four years of college tennis were the best time of his life. So maybe for the few uh, ones of you out there who are listening who are considering going pro and not going to college, that's something to consider for sure. We've got a, a lot of great former college players like Stevie Johnson, who I met at the Players Party at the City Open, and John Isner, and uh, Ty as well, and a host of other great players who went to college that developed their games uh, for free, actually, with their scholarships, and then are still doing extremely well in the Pro Tour. And I think the biggest tip from Ty here is that we want to have the same intensity in our practices as in our matches, Um, because in in the ending question that I had, uh, it's really important to be efficient with your practice rather than put in a ton of hours. You want to just focus, uh, be intense, and not in Ty's words, dilly-dally, uh, and that, that's really the way to really uh, improve your game at a much quicker pace. And I remember when I was a junior, my friend Kyle Hatton, he played against his brother Ben at Bethesda Country Club, and when I saw them, they would also always be super intense, like they were just trying to you know, kill each other on the court, uh, but not like yelling or anything, but just simply super intense, and they were great players, tough to beat as well. Um, so these are some takeaways from Ty's interview. And again, I really enjoyed talking with Ty and hopefully I can get him on the podcast sometime. Uh, so our next interview was with Marcos Bagdadis, who I'm sure we're all familiar with. And uh, he's had some legendary matches against some great players. And here's my interview with Marcos. All right, we're here with uh, Marcos Bagdadis. Uh, Marcos, obviously, uh, Benoit is a very talented player, but you know he has a lot of ups and downs. So, are there any um, keys against a player, a talented player like that, uh, you know, to come out on top? Yeah, I think every every point is very important to play every point uh, like it's the last one against him because you know try to to win as many points as possible because you know he gives you so much, but he can make so many winners out of nowhere and uh, put so much pressure on you on the on, on your serve with his returns. He returns pretty well, and he can serve very well. So. Yeah, it's just making balls, make him play, make him, make him, make him, you know, uh, win it, you know, don't give anything. And that's what I did today. And, uh, I'm very happy. I, I played pretty solid in the important points in the third set. And, uh, I think that's what made, that's what made the difference today. And was there a specific point in the match where he went a little down where you sensed that I definitely have this match and I'm going to win? I mean, again, against him, it's it's tough to relax. You know, it's tough to say it's because he and sometimes he just relaxes and starts hitting the balls and and everything goes in. And when when he starts to find rhythm and he starts to get pumped up and and he can turn matches very very easily with his style of game. So I think there is no moment in the match that you feel uh, until the I mean, I mean until the last point that you feel like uh, it's it's over against him. Yeah, definitely, uh, Marcos. And also, it, it seemed, uh, for a couple points at least, you know, with the bounces on the court, it seemed like it might have bothered you. So I was just wondering of your opinion of, of the court conditions for today. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's tough to, to play in these conditions. I think the court's not straight, and uh, that tells you everything. I mean, the, the, really, the court's not straight. And I don't know how we can accept to, to play in these conditions uh, as ATP. And uh, I hope we'll find a solution because it's not the first year. It's every year. Every year we have the same problem, same discussion, and uh, nothing's changing. So we'll see. I see, Marcos. And, and obviously you've been on the tour for so long. You've had so many classic matches date, dating back to, you know, decades plus ago. So what's the key to, to the longevity in the game for pros? Yeah, body. I think the body. The body and, uh, you know, being healthy is the most important thing. I'm, I'm struggling myself uh, uh, the last few years, and uh, I'm trying to find ways to stay healthy and uh, improve uh, my fitness, my body. And, uh, yeah, some, uh, some people can take, I mean, some bodies can take all this work and some bodies cannot. And, uh, yeah, and I think, uh, I think the most important thing is, uh, the body to be healthy, uh, healthy. And, uh, you, like this, you can play as many, 
as many tournaments as possible. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, Marcos, congratulations, and thanks for speaking with us. Appreciate it. So there's some great takeaways from speaking with Marcos. The first one is to play every point like it's the last one. And this is especially important when you know you're playing an opponent who either never gives up or is very dangerous and, and can turn around the momentum very quickly, like Benoit Pair, who Marcos ended up defeating. But Benoit is a very potent player, and like Marcos said, he can uh, really just get a few points going and then, you know, in a with a snap of a finger, take charge and then eventually win. So it's always better to just keep your foot on the gas and to try to close out by, and I really like how Marcos puts it, where mentally you're thinking to yourself, you know, this is basically the last point I'm playing. I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to obviously do that if you're, you know, if it's not the end of the match, but at the same time, just basically try to put a lot of emphasis and importance on every point that you're playing. Also, Marcos mentioned that you don't want to give the opponent the opponent anything because you never know. Uh, even if you make a couple mistakes, that could be enough to stoke the fire in your opponent and give them enough belief that they can come back against you. Another great point from uh, Marcos is that the keys to longevity. And he mentioned that um, for a player, especially like him, who has been playing for so many years, it's really important to be healthy, as healthy as you can, and take care of your body. And you do that by improving your fitness, which encompasses you know, not only uh, working out properly, stretching and, and resting, but also uh, your time, uh, also what, what you eat as well. And so you want to be able to put the best things, the best quality nutrients and foods that you can and liquids in your body. Um, so those are the main takeaways from a great veteran like Marcos, and uh, it was great speaking with him. And so the next interview here for you today is with a very talented and uh, young, I believe he's 19 years old, uh, player Hyun Chung from South Korea. And here's his interview. Hi, everybody. We're here with Chung Hyun. Uh, Chung, obviously, huge congratulations against uh, Marcos. You know, this was a very uh, tight match. So what were the keys to uh, defeating uh, such a veteran like Marcos who's been on the tour for so long? Uh, I never played him before. He was, I know, but he's a really good player in ATP. So I have to focus all the time, and I'm just trying to enjoy all the time. And, and so talk us through the first set tiebreak. You know, obviously, like, that was kind of a, a rough patch for you. But can you tell us how you were able to reset and then, you know, prevail and, the, and win the second and third sets? Yeah, I lose the first set in tiebreak. I have a lot of chance to win first set, but I lose. But I, anyway, I have to play focus every match. And so what have you been working on in your game in the past couple months the most? In the last couple months, I've been trying to work hard on my serve, some placement, and some more power, something like this. Great. And then uh, what do you do to recover? Like, Can you talk us through quickly what steps you take to, to prepare for the next match? Uh, I go... Some good food and good massage, ice, like good sleep, something like this. And, and last question for you. What is one key tip that uh, you can give to our audience to help them improve their tennis games? I think I'm trying to enjoy on the tour of the time. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank Thanks. So there are a couple of takeaways from speaking with Hyun Chung. Uh, obviously, it was kind of a shorter interview, and I know that Hyun isn't the most comfortable, I, I think at least, with uh, with his English speaking, but... He kind of reiterated that he was trying his best to stay focused all the time. And it's very easy in matches to get distracted by extraneous things, maybe looking at people watching you or some, some sort of noise, 
which is particularly why I think meditating is awesome because that helps you refocus a lot. And also, you know, just having your emotions get the best of you in certain situations. But it's really key to stay focused as much as you can during matches so that you, you can execute and uh, try to really focus on the things that matter rather than things that won't get you to your end goal, uh, at least for the, that day of, of winning your match and playing well, first and foremost. Another thing that he mentioned is that he's been working hard on his placement and his power, um, I believe, of his serve. And uh, obviously, that's that's a really important if you can master your placement and power, um, then you're obviously in, in big business there. <laughs> um, so that's, while it sounds obvious, you know, it's something to keep in mind. He un- also mentioned his recovery, which uh, he mentioned as essential to eat good food and then to get a massage, which I know we all can't do, but there's some great devices out there to um, self-massage, such as the stick uh, which my USTA teammates, uh, shout out to Steve McCoy, uh, first recommended that one to to me and our teammates. And uh, obviously, you can also get a massage. It costs a little bit more, but it definitely can help a lot. And then icing can help. Many experts say that it helps with inflammation. And sleep. Sleep is super important. You know, if you, I mean, I've noticed after a tough day of tennis, I require at least an hour more of sleep in order to recover. Otherwise, I feel really sore. And so the the sleep, along with stretching, makes a huge, huge difference in your recovery. Funny enough, you know, when I asked Hian Chunga for a key tip, he kind of framed it in that he, he was trying to enjoy himself all, all the time. But that's really still a great tip for all of us in that, you know, we kind of have to step back and try to enjoy the game because that's ultimately how you're going to improve because, you know, obviously if you enjoy something, then you're going to be more willing to spend more time on that thing, which in this case is tennis, hopefully, and to improve. So with that, the next interview uh, is probably my, yeah, I believe it was my highest ranked player that I was able to interview, David Goffin, who's a fantastic player. He's got some sick volleys, great ground strokes. It seems like he's everywhere. He's super quick. He's not very tall, but um, and he's ranked number 11 in the world right now, which is amazing. Um, I was really happy to get somebody of that caliber to speak to one-on-one. Um, so without further ado, here's my interview with David Goffin. Hi, everyone. We're here with David Goffin. Uh, David, obviously a very, very tough match, a lot of back and forth. Can you talk us through the second set? You know, you were up 40-15 and then got broken, and it seemed like from there it was kind of a, a dip for you, obviously, with the second set. So can you talk us through that, that set? Yeah, after after the first set, uh, I was really happy the way I played the first set. It was great level, the best tennis I played since a long time. And uh, after that, in the second, um, he started to... To do less mistakes and to be a little bit more aggressive, and uh, I was a little bit unlucky on that that serve, that service game. Uh, who uh, who gives it, who gave him a lot of confidence, and then he started to play really well. He, he made after that two unbelievable games with only winners, and then it was it was for love in uh, in five minutes. So uh, yeah, it was not easy. And then in the third, it was uh, started to be a tricky match, and uh, it was aggressive, and then. Had some opportunities. I had uh, one break in the third, uh, and then he served for the match. So, uh, but I knew that I had some opportunities during the whole set. So I, I knew that if I stay in the match, we have some uh, some more opportunities, and I took it. So, and then the tie break was just a coin toss. So uh, I'm happy that uh, yeah, I won this one. And so obviously in the match like that, the third, like you mentioned, it was back and forth, break for you, break for him. What uh, specifically, either mentally that you mentioned or tactically, were you thinking that what what I need to do in order to to prevail in this tight match? Um, yeah, you have to stick on your tactic, and but it's not easy because we are returning really well. Both uh, he's returning well from from you no know, from the doubles. Uh, he's really aggressive, and me too. I returning well also. So uh, yeah, it, w- it was not easy. Uh, every service game on both sides are tough to take and. Uh, and that's why, uh, yeah, I was a uh, breakup, and then he served for the match. So it was, uh, it was not easy. So you have to stay calm, and uh, even if you lose lo- your serve, you know that you can have another opportunity, and you have to take it the next game. So you, 
the key uh, in that kind of match is to stay really calm and focus on uh, on every every point. It obviously it seemed like you were able to finish quite a few points at the net, and you you know the crowd is very impressed by your volleys. Uh, can you tell us you know what the key is you know perhaps technically or, or anything else to have such great hands and great volleys? Um, yeah, I try to stay. Um, yeah, the key is just uh, to go to the net at the right time, and of course. For me, uh, it's really positive when I go to the net. It means that uh, I'm feeling great and I'm, uh, I, uh, I'm more aggressive. I'm feeling great with my ground strokes. And as soon as I can follow my ground strokes and go to the net, it's really positive. So for me, the key is really uh, to, uh, to take the ball um, at the right time to, to follow him to the net, to follow my ball to the net. And, uh, and at the end, uh, it's just... Uh, uh, you, you just have to finish, like uh, a lot of drop shots. Uh, sometimes, when you have uh, the volley, the the passing shot is higher. You finish it. So, I don't have uh, any tips. You just have to to stay focused because sometimes it's the more difficult shots to finish the point. Great stuff, David. And last question for you. I know you want to uh, prepare for the next match, but you know what exactly you know steps do you take when you go back after the match to recover your body? Uh, what do you go through? Uh, you know, I have uh, just a small cool down on the bicycle, and then uh, you have some uh, recovery drink to take, and uh, and also a massage. So uh, now it's not too late, so I still have time to do it. But sometimes uh, here in the United States, you have a night session and you finish really late, so it's tough. You go to bed after midnight, but uh, but tonight it's okay. I have time to do uh, everything to be ready for tomorrow. Great, David. A pleasure having you in Washington, and uh, best of luck and congrats. Thank you. Very much. Thank you. Take care. So David was super nice, and he talked to me for probably the longest of all the interviewees, I believe. Uh, It was probably him and Tsitsipas, or Tide. And uh, some key takeaways from David's interview um, is that he, he would try to stick to the tactics, but he'd also stay calm and look for opportunities and focus on every point. So that's, I mean, that's a multitude of things, but so I'll break it down again. So the first thing... Stick to your tactics, which is super important. Um, obviously, you know if the if the, stack, the tactics aren't working, then you'd you'd want to stay calm, um, but then you know obviously try to adjust and then look for your opportunities and and take advantage of them, and then obviously you know try to focus as much as you can, uh, just like Kian Chung said uh, on every point, um, because you know in these tennis matches, like one point can make the difference you know one one silly error um one missed volley is the difference between you know nine seven and eight eight in the tie break uh super tie break sometimes so yeah so that's a big big takeaway and then i asked david about his uh key to volleys and while he didn't really give a technical tip he did give a great tip which is you need to know when to approach the net at the right times and that's a great one because, you know, sometimes we try to rush or force ourselves to get to the net. Maybe we hit an approach shot on a ball that's too deep to then be able to get to the net. So um, something that David tries to do is to really approach the net at the proper time when he knows his opponent is on the run or on the on the defense, you know, try to pick off that ball. And, you know, when you approach the net at the right time and you hit the right approach shot to net then it's going to make your volleying much easier than you know throwing up a crappy approach shot or coming to the net when you shouldn't and then facing a a huge uh, ground stroke pass so that's a great tip Um, and then of course staying focused um, to finish the volley when when, uh, when the time comes and then I really love asking about recovery methods as you can tell from my question with uh, Hian as well. So David said that his recovery is cooling down on the bicycle, which is that it was fantastic and I've done and I've noticed has really reduced the lactic acid. And I also sometimes will do the bike, or go on the bike or the elliptical, which is even easier on the knees, uh, the day after or the morning after a match because sometimes I'll still be kind of... Uh, I'll feel a bit sore, but when I go on the elliptical, then I feel uh, like a new man pretty much. You know, I'll go on the elliptical for a few minutes, get a sweat going, and then stretch, and then I'll feel way better. 
So bicycle cool down. And then David will also have a recovery drink, which it's it's suggested by uh, many um, established uh, fitness professionals that you want to have uh, some sort of meal or recovery drink. Or the, the WTA, I know, promotes, at least to my knowledge, drinking chocolate milk. So they always have those uh, on hand at most tournaments, from what I've heard. So yeah, so that's very important to get that get that recovery meal or drink in. People's uh, experts say like within forty five minutes of, of after you're finished exercising, ideally, and then a massage as well, which I mentioned. Um, so all right, so the next uh, interview is actually the next two are with Stefano Sitsipas, a great player, only nineteen years old, next gen player of the future. And he is ranked number 32 in the world. He was a number 10 seed. And he ended up making the semifinals. And then he lost to the eventual champion, Alexander Zverev. And Stefanos actually defeated David Goffin as well. It didn't seem like David was in top form. But nevertheless, Stefanos played super well. And so here is Stefanos's first interview. And this one was after he won his round of 16 match. Against James Duckworth. Hey, Stefanos. Congratulations. Good. How are you? Congratulations. Thank you. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming here. Yeah. All right. Hi, everybody. This is Miramont from Tennis Files, and we're here with uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, the Greek ace. So, uh, Stefanos, uh, can you talk us through, you mentioned that you uh, started training kind of last week after vacation. Can you talk about kind of the things that you were training in your game to prepare for the hardcore season? Well, uh, obviously for the hardcore game, you know, it's di- it's different game. I I played uh, lots of matches on grass, and uh, the tr- transition from grass courts to hard court takes a bit more time. So, uh, I mean, one week was not enough, certainly, but uh, I, I I worked a lot and I worked many hours on the court uh, plus fitness. Um, I'm trying to work with my body and uh, get stronger, faster, uh, as much as I can. It's super important on hard court to be fast. And uh, be precise with your shots. So um, obviously, serve plays a big role. So I, I had to work on my serve as well. Uh, these these were the things that I mostly worked on. So yeah, fantastic. And and so obviously, Duckworth has a pretty solid all around game. Uh, what kinds of things were you thinking about when you were preparing to play him so that you could be successful today? Uh, well, I knew a couple of things about him. I saw him in the Challenger too when I was playing a couple of years ago. And I, I knew from the beginning that he would be aggressive and that he would come to the net as he did today. Uh, he's an aggressive player, uh, has an all-around game, so I was prepared for that. And uh, uh, I was just a li- slightly better today, and uh, a few things worked for me, um, yeah, as I said, better. And uh, that, that gave me the win. Excellent. And, and you know, it seemed like uh, Duckworth at certain points, he got a little bit frustrated, you know, a couple of returns sailing out. So did you ever get a, a sense... At any point in the match, that maybe you, it was your time to capitalize that he was getting frustrated with his game. Uh, yeah, I actually noticed that he got frustrated a couple of times, uh, but I tried uh, sticking to my game, the the plan that I had from the beginning of the match. Uh, I knew there were, you know, I, I knew there were there was not going to be a straight line uh, from the beginning uh, from the beginning till the end, so I was prepared for that as well. I knew there would be some, you know, ups and ups and downs, uh, but as I said, I managed to deal with his uh, frustration and uh, stayed calm, stayed decisive, and uh, executed my plan. You definitely played a very solid match. You mentioned the Challenger Tour and that you were playing it uh, fairly recently. So can you talk about, in general, like the main differences that you have maybe observed between the Challenger Tour and then these Tour Level 250, 500 and above? So actually a very good question. Uh, I would say that uh, players on the ATP World Tour... Uh, events. Um, the difference is that they are more mature, they are more disciplined with their game. Uh, they can uh, handle some certain s- moments and situations a bit better, a bit more mature than the other players. And um, they just, I can say they're a bit more skillful, I would say. Yeah, I believe so. Excellent. And you know, obviously a lot of uh, people, especially from Greece, lo- look up to amateurs and, and uh, higher level players. Can you give us one key tip to help us uh, improve our tennis games? Uh, well, stay aggressive and, um, yeah, play aggressive tennis, uh, work on your serve and, uh, work, work on your fitness. It's super important to be fit. Uh, in our days, tennis has changed, uh, since, uh, I mean, I mean, has evolved throughout the year. So fitness, uh, 
plays a big role. And uh, yeah, fitness uh, and uh, be aggressive. Uh, Stefanos, congratulations, and I appreciate you speaking with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Good luck. So Stefanos, for especially for a nineteen-year-old, speaks very well and eloquently, and he is quite mature. And that's probably why he's such a highly ranked player for being nineteen years old. It's really incredible. Uh, number thirty-two in the world, as I mentioned. And so Stefanos had some great tips, especially in this interview. Uh, he mentioned that he trained, even though he only had like a week to train to transition from hard court to grass court. Um, he mentioned that it takes time. And, you know, taking this, this particular phrase to heart, in general, you know, it's things are going to take time. I mean, obviously, Stefanos had so much success. But, you know, when you're transitioning to a different surface or, or trying to succeed in anything, really, you just have to keep in mind that the process takes time and to not get frustrated. And, you know, even with the compacted schedule, Stefano said that he worked many hours on the court, and I'm sure they were all uh, very efficient and uh, focused and intense hours. And then he mentioned a multitude of things that are really important. It's obviously super important to be fit and quick on the hard, uh, on the hard courts, especially. And I mean, I was super inspired to get more fit because just looking at all these professional players and how many hours they put on the court and how many, you know, just it's crazy. You know, like they travel from one tournament to the other. Like Zverev was saying that they barely get breaks, especially at this time of the year. You know, he Zverev, for example, he won City Open and then he went to the next Masters tournament. Then he's got one after that. And so it's really, really a tough schedule there. Um, so you've got to be fit and all these players are definitely super fit. And I, you know, if you're not fit, then you won't be able to get to the ball and to last in matches. So that's super important. And, uh, Stefanos also worked very hard on his serve and it really showed because he has a very potent serve. And in fact, when I talked to, uh, when I asked him a question, uh, later on, which actually I, I'm not sure if this was in the next, interview or in his press conference, but Stefano said that playing Alexander was very different, largely because of Alexander Zverev's huge serve versus Goffin, for example. So the serve is just, I mean, I think it's the most uh, return on investment, honestly, if you had to pick anything to work on your game. So definitely work hard on your serve like Stefanos did on his, and it'll pay big dividends. Another thing that Stefanos mentioned after his victory in the round of 16 is that he knew that there would be ups and downs. And so he just tried to remain decisive in his play. And obviously it it really helps if you just have in your mind to expect ups and downs, because if you're not expecting a down and then you experience it, you may instinctively get pissed off or emotional and wonder why am I not a perfect robot? But obviously no one's a perfect robot. Um, you know, you're you're always going to make mistakes or face adversity most of the time. So just keep in mind that there's going to be ups and downs in matches, and you'll be more even keel and and try to try to just do your best out there. And then I really enjoy when people say, "Oh, that's a great question." And so uh, Stefanos enjoyed my question of the differences between the Challenger and ATP Tour, and you can filter this down and even take these different characteristics and apply them to your own game, which he mentioned that the players on the ATP tour level tournaments uh, are more mature and disciplined with their game. And this definitely does hold true when you're looking at different levels of the game, uh, even at the amateur level and that they handle adversity better, which is same thing as I just mentioned. And Stefanos mentioned with the ups and downs and then Stefanos's tip Uh, He had three tips. One of them we both already mentioned is uh, to improve your fitness. And the other one we mentioned as well, which is to work on your serve. But then the third one that I like as well is to be aggressive. And obviously, this this means controlled aggression, which if you Google tennis files and controlled aggression, I wrote uh, an article on, on that. But, you know, when you have opportunities to attack, you take them. But obviously... You take these opportunities when they're at the right times and you don't just go for broke or you don't uh, go for winners when odds are that you're not going to make them. But you do play aggressive and you don't um, because really the worst feeling in the world is to lose 
by getting dominated or by being tight. So definitely look for opportunities. And, and an easy way to, th- to do this is, is if you get a short ball that's, that bounces near the service line, generally you want to hit that uh, as an approach shot and then move into the net. So that's one tip of, of how you can be aggressive and, and just frame that in explicit terms so it's easy for you to operate like that. Um, so that was a great interview with Stefano Tsitsipas. Uh, and <laughs> and I'm going to now play you Stefanos's interview with me after his win against David Goffin. Hey everybody, we're here with Stefano Sitsipas. Uh, Stefano, so obviously uh, Goffin is a very quality opponent. So I was wondering, you know, what what this win does in terms of your confidence. Uh, it raises my confidence, obviously. Uh, these wins are very important uh, against these top players, top twenty players. Um, it makes you believe more in yourself, and uh, it makes you understand where your game is. So, uh, yeah, super happy with that win. It's 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 something that I've been waiting for 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 a very long time. You played very well, and Gofan, as you mentioned in the press conference, maybe not as well in some aspects. How would you honestly assess your performance and Gofan's performance today? Well, to be honest with you, um, I expected him to return a bit better today, uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe it was because of the conditions, the humidity, uh, the ball is jumping a little bit higher, and uh, I felt very confident with my serve, so I really don't know how he felt on the court. But uh, I felt very, um, very relaxed and very sure with my with my game. Uh, but he seemed like to struggle a bit with the return, and um, it was very important for me that I, I got uh, the two uh, the, the two breaks, uh, one in each set, uh, from the beginning of the of both sets, and uh, managed to keep the level high and uh, close the match at the end. So obviously you're you know fairly young player, 19, and you're doing so well, uh, number 32 at the moment, and so. Do you have any any mentors or people that you keep in touch with regularly to help you uh, stay movi- motivated and keep disciplined and, and you know keep going and rising? Not really. I have a sports psychologist back home uh, in Greece. He he has helped me a lot uh, with my yeah with understanding the game a bit better, believing my, in myself a little bit more. But we haven't talked uh, in a while, to be honest with you. Um, my dad, I would say, my dad. Uh, I'm I'm talking with my dad every single day. He's next to me, traveling. He's my coach. So my dad is uh, has a huge impact in my psychology and the way I behave on the court and uh, you know the discipline that I have. And so going with that theme, is there any th- any big change that you made in your psychology, you know, fairly recently that you think has made a huge impact in your game? I would say I became a bit more tougher with myself and more insisting in in some things, uh, which is a, a very good sign and something that. Uh, Something that um, makes my personality a bit more, you know, like uh, stronger, like, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Stefano, so best of luck in the semis. Congratulations and thanks for speaking with us. Thanks a lot. All right. So the takeaways with this one are that, and, you know, maybe it's obvious, but it it still helps to know when you get big wins, that's going to result in more confidence, more belief, and also to help you understand where your game is at in Stefanos' words. And uh, in order to get these big wins, you need to to really focus on one thing at a time and then build your game up, build your toolkit. And, you know, when you can do that and when you get these big wins, it really does help your confidence a lot, assuming that you're not just going to relax on the couch and eat Cheetos after you get that big win. Um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely a huge thing um, to try to get Try to keep getting big wins, build your confidence, then it snowballs, and then you're going to play great tennis because a lot of the the game is mental, and that transitions well into the next uh, observation from the interview here, which is that uh, Stefanos does have a psychologist, and, uh, and that psychologist, in addition to his dad, are big influences, and the psychologist has helped him with his behavior and his psychology and his discipline. And as a result, Stefanos has become a tougher player, as he said, more insisting, and uh, he has a stronger personality. So uh, he's just got more grit, if you want to put it in simpler terms. So I really hope that you enjoyed all of these observations from these interviews and the interviews themselves. If you want to see the video version of these interviews, you can go to tennisfiles.com slash YouTube. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode, I hope it wasn't too repetitive. It never hurts to 
to repeat uh, really important pieces of advice, which is why I wanted to just lay these uh, these interviews here for you in audio form and then to kind of review note style. And so if you'd like, I can transcribe these notes for you all. Um, but I really do appreciate you listening to this episode. And I also do want to highly encourage you to subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast, which I'd really appreciate. And you can do that very easily on any podcast app by just hitting the subscribe button. And I'd like to just leave you with a quote for today. And this quote is by Joshua J. Marine. And he said, challenges are what make life interesting and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. It's a great quote right there. And if you all want, want to get consistent updates from me uh, through my newsletter and really helpful tips to improve your game, uh, which is the whole point of what I do, then head over to TennisFoz.com and subscribe to my newsletter. I'd really love to have you on there. Um, it's really fun for me to communicate with you via email. And obviously, if you have any questions for me about anything related to tennis or the City Open or what you want to improve in your tennis game, you can email me at mirban at tennisfiles.com. That's M-E-H-R-B-A-N at tennisfiles.com. And you can check out all the show notes for this episode of the Tennis Files podcast at tennisfiles.com slash 64. I really appreciate you listening in, and I hope to get a lot of uh, great interviews rolling with the Tennis Files podcast. And I, I did meet a ton of great, uh, fantastic pro players at the player party and, and asked some of them, and, and also coaches as well, and asked them to be on the podcast. And they said yes, so I'm going to do my best to follow up. Well, I will for sure follow up and try to get some of them on the show. All right. Well, that's all for this week. Again, hope you enjoyed listening and thanks so much for all your support and uh, leave a review to let me know what you think. Take care, all the best, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Oh, and here's a real quick uh, clip of Alexander Zverev in the press conference. Uh, one of them, at least. Uh, this one is after he won. Uh, he's really hilarious and he likes to make a lot of jokes and even troll some of the <laughs> media. So uh, I just wanted to play this super uh, quick clip for you. And um, if you want to see more of his press conferences and other ones, as well as the interviews, you can check out tennisfiles.com slash YouTube once again. And take care. Where would you like to see yourself in the area? Yeah, I think my press conferences are horrible. <laughs> uh, that that is my that is my biggest concern for myself. So, yeah. I think I think I'm close to perfection. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.